Welcome to our second edition of the New Collective Journal uh, podcast and webinar series. And today we're going to talk about accessibility and with Luke Hickey and Letitia Lopriato. Uh, I hope I got that right, Letitia. <laughs> um, so thank you. <laughs> My Italian is becoming flawless. Uh, so we are, um, we are going to talk today just a little bit about accessibility in the arts um, and, and for our participating artists here uh, as well, their, their viewpoints and their feelings about the same. So, um, Luke, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Eamon. Good, uh, good. Thank you so much for, for coming on uh, today to talk about this. I think this is a really important subject matter. And, and So, Luke, uh, tell us, what is your disability? So, I am an autistic person. Um, I was diagnosed late this year actually at the age of 31 um it is a neurological um kind of cognitive uh disability um there is no intellectual or physical issues in my uh case on the spectrum it's um social issues, social interaction. Um, I can be non-speaking at times, even though I'm speaking now, which is uh, really a, a weird concept for non-disabled people to experience from me. Um, but like um, my main issues are social communication and um, sensory. Sensory would be probably my biggest need. Um, sensory is what we see, what we feel, what we hear, what we smell. Um, those would be my biggest um, kind of issues, along with the social anxiety, stuff like that. Those would be um, quite, quite common uh, issues amongst the autism spectrum community uh, or the autistic community. My needs differ greatly from somebody with a physical disability, for example. Um, a lot of places have ramps and hearing assistance or stopping assistance or mobility kind of assistant. Um, whereas I would need, for example, lights or crowds or noises. I would need like ear defenders or something like that or glasses or, um, or like if there's an art exhibition with um, flashing lights. Could mm. it be toned down a little for me to experience it? Could something change? It's really important that, that we understand what it is that you experience because for some, a lot of people, I suppose, it's not that they're ignorant towards that. It's supposed it's just, they're not, it's not known. It's not, the awareness yeah. is not there. But there's a lot of, misinformed ideas about autism and that kind of breeds into society. I haven't experienced it in art, mm. the art community in general, but um, a lot of the, the mis 
the misinformed ideas bleeds into society of like um, a lot of people would think we are incapable of a lot of things. And do you think that that's that's driven from the media or is that driven from 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 TV or from movies or where are it's, this? It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of different places all adding up together. It's um, creative media like movies, TVs. Um, a lot of people will refer back to Rayman or the Big Bang Theory and Sh- Sheldon Cooper. What they see is robotic little geniuses, and we are not all like that. We're not all mathematicians or scientists. Hmm. Um, a, a lot of autistic people can be equally creative driven and not so um, mathematical and scientific. Sure. And I think I, that, that that's that's really interesting to hear, uh, Luke. And I, I suppose as it's 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 an invisible disability. Um, yeah, that's um, something that you really highlighted there is that it's it, you don't have a physical um, something that's shown that that we can just see. Oh, he has a disability, or she has a disability. So I'll help and support them. Whereas yours is invisible, so it's, yeah. it's much more difficult to to say. Oh, okay. Maybe this person is this way or is acting in a certain way, and I and how do I how do I help that person? Yeah, um, it's it's I would say it's largely invisible, but there are traits that uh, people have associated with autism, um, like hand flapping or rocking uh, or. You know, it's it's something we call stimming. It's self-stimulatory. It um, helps us regulate our, our emotions. It helps us process what we're thinking. Um, like right now, I'm fiddling with this pen. Mm. I'm hoping it will keep me on track. But um, a lot of people could walk different, but it's largely an invisible uh, or have um certain traits that are visible and those people would I'm doing this with inverted commas by the way look autistic whereas I don't necessarily present like that I I do stim but it's not as obvious I point my feet a little inwards when I walk but again it's not as obvious so I have invisible traits so I get quite commonly get the you don't look autistic, which is rather ableist and it um, undermines my basic needs in society, not the art world, yeah. in society. Sure. Um, that's no, that's that, that's really interesting, Luke. Um, I I want to hold that there for just a second, and I just want to talk to Letitia. Letitia, you on the other hand, what you do have a physical disability. What what is your disability? Hmm. Yeah, so, <clears throat> sorry, three years ago, I was diagnosed uh, retina maculopathia. So it's basically you begin to lose visual field, um, the rate at which a person would start losing visual field from, from, from their eyes really differ person to person. And uh, yeah, for me, it was quite fast. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a visually impaired. Um, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not blind, I'm lucky. So the thing is that for me, um, really, in fact, coming to terms with, um, with, with, with this condition as a disability took me 
<laughs> over three years it took me two years fully and i can understand i mean i can understand i can i can say that only happened really because um in, in a good way i'm saying the acceptance of it is because i embraced film photography uh just literally a few months after the diagnosis i was um i was um gifted a film camera and um and yeah i started i think as a reaction to the diagnosis i i started taking photos i've always been a poet um i've been a poet since i was 12 years old so save writing was my um, my say way of expression mm. my voice really but i've always been incredibly incredibly shy about using it or thinking to just share my poems with people i didn't know um in general even like with relatives or anything because i think poetry for me was a kind of a code so it was easier i'd say to express myself to poetry and then are my feelings and then pretend even sometimes pretend i didn't do that you know like some things you don't want to dwell in it or like you don't want to go and 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 get back to it whereas with photography was impossible my feelings was just there so that's why i believe now looking backwards uh, art really fully saved me <laughs> because of course mental health or uh, physical health uh, in relation to disabilities really challenge it's such a mm. life threatening uh face or yeah it's a condition that would change so many aspects of your life mm. um the acceptance of it is or embracing it and always trying to not always but say generally trying to be on the positive becomes a constant challenge because mm. there is a lingering say, sensation of fear that is always with you. And fear for, for my type of personality was not really an emotion that I knew, uh, I must say, or that, I, or that I've ever really had to deal with, surely not at the daily level. So like, it was really, really fundamental for me to be able to see, thanks to photography in my case, and and to match poetry with my photography what i was feeling whilst i was passing through these uh these these motions we can say <laughs> so yeah it was quite of a roller coaster uh to be honest for me it's it's amazing to see how and, and incredible to see how how positive you've taken your disability and how how much you have taken it in your strides yeah it wasn't uh, i like i actually don't know if it was always the case but i really think i really felt this way because of photography <laughs> it really is it really has been for me a life-changing experience because with poet poetry was uh, very tough for me in very challenging moments of my life for example when i lost my dad i couldn't write for so long and it was because i think with the writing uh, experience at least for me I had a way to hide if I wanted to so again you could fill diaries of poems and just not going back and look at them but yeah. by with, with photography and above all because uh, my practice is mainly say 95% focus on film photography you know you uh, you take the photos you don't know what the frame will look like until you develop it and if you do develop it yourself which i 
been doing, then it's really it's like it's like alchemy. Yeah. So I think well, the, tran the transmutation, we can say, you know, in alchemical <laughs> terms, uh, it really is a, a transcreation of uh, meaning from a feeling, an overwhelming feeling to a final product almost right away. The positive for me came from the sensation of I was still creating something. Mm -hmm. And that something that I was creating was there for me to see and it could be appreciated by others, but it wasn't for others that I was doing it, it was for me, really. And that was a kind of a self-love gift, whilst life takes something, or whilst you might feel at the beginning with the diagnosis of a disability that life is taking something from you. And, you know, at least that was at the beginning, you know, it's so frightening and you will feel like, why me, why now? But then, but then the art, is the self-love that you give back that's that's incredible to hear it's so it's so insightful you you have uh an amazing capacity to to see things in such a positive way i think that's quite inspiring and i think luke you have a, a similar kind of uh viewpoint on that as well insofar as uh making a difference and uh as we, we discussed this before about, about making a movement for change um yeah. Could you kind of elaborate a bit on that? Again, it's it's influenced by the the, the misrepresentation of autism by certain groups like um, Autism Speaks, who are are viewed in a, a kind of a bad light, rightly so, uh, for their treatment of autistic people, mm. um, and the battle the misrepresentation. And to start making art that focuses specifically on autistic traits and how we see the world. Um, and spark a, a move, uh, ideas for change, uh, for self-advocacy, uh, so that we can fully kind of start appreciating our, our autistic selves. Um, mm -hmm. Like as a community, we've been kind of under attack, uh, vilified. So I want to make a positive change. Like a lot of the, the autistic YouTubers that I see making great content, they're autistic writers. And we would like, like them, I would like to um, start showing what we can do and what we are capable of and highlighting the positives of us mm -hmm. and what we can bring to our communities, to blogging communities and writing communities and show that we are we are more than just capable. We can be you know, equally brilliant at things. Yes, As yes. I said earlier, we, we are different. We're not less. We are you know, we are passionate yeah. beings. We can do things that are prolonged. Like, um, I've had days where I can paint for 10 hours straight, mm. for example. Uh, I've had days where I can read and research for 10 hours straight and, you know, really focus in on the small details and small ideas in my work. 
are within the work of others to influence myself. Mm -hmm. These are, well, I would see these as very positive things, very positive abilities that autism has given me. So I don't see it as all a uh, deficit, like sure. things like uh, autism speaks, for example, see as something cured, something that's like treated as a death sentence when it's not, it's simply just a different way of being. Mm. Um, I, think that, I think that's also really important to highlight is that it is a just it is just a different way. It's a different a different way of thinking. It's a different way of processing uh, your thoughts, your feelings, your sensations, and in a world that's so streamlined towards a certain type of yeah. person, I, I think it's it's becoming adaptable is what's required, and and so that so that it's not so that it's totally inclusive. Yeah, um, the, the problem is for a lot of disabled communities is that the world is built for uh, non-disabled people, generally, and we've had to try and fit ourselves in. Mm. Um, so, like, I want to use my art as a movement to speak for us and mm. to facilitate change somehow. And to do, you feel, do, do you feel that it's getting better? Do you feel that there's there that there is any change that there from your point of view as a person as, as an autistic person? Well, within the art community or in, in general? In general. Um in general in Ireland, I don't really get too much um of issues for being autistic, for example. Mm. But worldwide in the States, like um Autism is still vilified and still like on this treated like the worst thing in the world. It's like, oh no, I can't believe this is happening to my son or my daughter. Um well it's lots of like it can be hard. Mm. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's you know, it's not something to treat like um the worst thing. Um and in Ireland, for example, we have the just a minute card, the jam card. It's um, it says, "Please be patient. I have autism." Boss uh, Aaron uses it. It's um, I have it here. It's just this little kind of thing. It's uh, jam.org. You can look at it yourself. You can cool. order one if you're. Uh, it's not just for autism. So it's basically for invisibility invisible disabilities where certain stores and operators recognize it and they're like if you need help mm. show them this they will help you or you know so like there is good and bad but we need to you know move other ideas away from the community and like this vilification of autism out of the lexicon of the world. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. No, I agree completely. And do you have confidence to use that? I I wear it when I'm in the city. It's hmm. like, it, like in the city, I usually do not want to speak. It's hmm. just too busy. Um, yeah. So if I'm having a particularly um, hard day, and a place recognizes the jam card, I can 
I can, for example, ask for some time before I make my order or sure. Um, yeah. I can just point at something and they'll know, oh, he, he's not able to communicate like this. He, in a different way, he can communicate in a different way. Um, so, like, I've, I've never really had much of a negative experience while you um, most of my experiences with it have been positive in this country, but most of the negatives are uh, the community as a whole being affected yeah. by external forces. Um, and and Letitia, from your experience, you're like you're well, you're in in how long are you in Ireland now? Almost ten years. Oh my <clears throat> so it's like your second home. <laughs> oh, definitely home. Got relocated okay. my mom two years ago here. So once you oh, move okay. the mama, then <laughs> oh yeah, once the mom is there, you're done. <laughs> <It's like home. laughs> Pretty much. And, and, hey, so I, I suppose, do you find is there any kind of difference between Italy and here, um, insofar as accessibility, or have you have, do, do you see any any sort of change or any difference? Yeah, like so in terms of accessibility. Uh, well, I mean, for visual impaired, I think it's a little bit of still a challenge for, above all, for artists, visual impaired. In general, I believe for disabled artists, in terms of, um, I was mentioning briefly before, like maybe studio access, etc. But I mean, these are physical uh, barriers, so to say, that they don't, they wouldn't just affect the disabled artists. It would be really like a matter of, community of artists as a whole and it's already like you know a topic of debate and everything um but uh but uh, what i see what i really want to stress is the importance of how much my community which is like i'd say 90 percent made of uh, locals so 90 percent irish people <laughs> which is not mm. really good for my mom because either she learns english faster <laughs> or everybody has us to learn Italian. <laughs> but, um, but really, the point is here has been what really makes all the difference. And even when I was diagnosed, uh, you know, my, my, my vision impairment three years ago, I, I never, not even, a, not even once thought about relocating or leaving because of how, how embraced I've been by the community that I have. That I'm, I feel so lucky, mm. and I don't know. I don't. I don't say lucky because it was just luck that I ended up with uh, with with this amazing, you know, community that I can count on. Uh, but uh, but I say lucky as in really there is every like literally, I had never had in Ireland uh, somebody rushing me into something if they could see that I had a moment that I really needed to you know like really to take my time for doing something and everybody was very um empathetic like but I, I'm an empathetic person so I don't know if it's maybe me <laughs> I end up with this <laughs> with this environment or, or maybe it's my approach but I think I've, I was an empathetic person I've always been even in Italy and I didn't see that um, it has never been the case in Italy. I've lived in other countries. I lived in Denmark, um, then in Spain, five years. Um, but here, 
there's something about the Irish community that really makes the real difference. Um, and I think I would agree. Well, I don't know very much, like also in that the situation in the US in terms of community, but I could see why Luke mentioned the difference between here and, and the US, for example, in his case. And there is a sense of embracing uh, somebody who needs help in general, that I find in Ireland that I haven't found anywhere else. And I, I haven't lived in, in so many countries in the world, but in the four countries that I lived in, um, yeah. I mean, there is an amazing difference and this for me between here and Italy, and it's all on the positives, <laughs> to be honest. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing would be from maybe more like a medical expertise in terms of what, what's happening to me now, for example, I think uh, there are, of course, because it's, uh, it's a smaller population. So the cases that some like say that from a medical perspective, uh, the cases in regards to uh, many uh, layers of the visual impairment, which are so many that, uh, that a doctor or an ophthalmologist could come up with here are limited compared to maybe the, the amount of cases that that a doctor or an ophthalmologist could have uh, access to in Italy or in other countries. But yeah, so from a diagnosis perspective, of course, I know that I kind of reach capacity in terms of what can be done here. So I will be mm -hmm. treated uh, elsewhere. But that is not because I didn't feel, you know, embraced by, uh, from a social perspective. Sure. It's more a matter of um, condition and expertise really. So I think what we should look at now is because we are, yes, visual artists and we are the new collective. So I'd love to now just kind of bring this back to your work, bring this back to your practice. And I suppose whoever kind of feels they want to talk about it first, but it, what is there, do you feel that there might be an onus or an, a responsibility for you to stand up for or to represent the abilities or the disabilities or uh, that, that you have uh, within your work. Luke? My work has generally always focused on mental health issues mm. um, like depression and anxiety. Um, but like even before I was diagnosed, before I knew I was autistic, elements of autistic behaviour were already present without me knowing. Like um, repetitive motions of brush strokes, for example, or repetitive ways of doing things. Um, going forward, I would like to um, just bring the spotlight onto autism and showcase what I as an autistic artist can do for the community, for, for the artist community, for the autistic community, and um, help change the narrative about autistic and what we are capable of um, and try and initiate a, a different way of thinking about us in uh -huh. the general population um, make it more positive uh, start looking at us in a better light and, um, and how we see ourselves uh, that we are capable of you know 
being a part of society, we're, we are um, capable of being a part of anything we put our minds to. Um, and um, exploring ways of uh, providing that or providing an insight into the, the non uh, disabled or non autistic world of how we see the world and giving you the, the, the chance to see things through my eyes. Yeah. Um, and that in itself could bring about a change. Mm. Uh, as as we talked earlier, I used the forest analogy. Yes. Um, so just to briefly go back over it, um, when a non-autistic person walks into a forest, they'll see the whole picture. They'll experience it, but they'll, in general, you'll see the whole picture. When I walk into a forest, I see everything. I notice everything by taking the textures, the sounds, the smells, the quality of the light shining through the trees, open spaces. I see all of it. And in this setting, it's a gift. And that gift could be in a beautiful painting of uh, a hyper-coloured forest, for example, or something like that, as a wood setting. But equally, this this gift there, this ability to spot, take in everything, take in every little detail, can be a hindrance in the supermarket, in the city. Of all the noise, all the hustle and bustle, all the lights, all the sounds, and I can show you how I experienced this, and you can feel a deeper sense of what we go through um, in these situations, and come away with a better understanding of how we experience life. Where I am at the moment in my my research is how do I show you this? How do I show you ideas and traits of autism through painting? Mm. How can I let a non-autistic person experience autistic ways of seeing things? And isn't that such a great power that you have to be able to create that awareness? I think yeah. that's a, an incredible, an incredible gift that you have to be able to do that uh, through your artwork. As I said earlier, I, I'm like greatly inspired by um, autistic people making autistic content and providing a different narrative about autism. Um, you know, f refocusing the narrative in a positive light mm. and and changing the perception of. That's definitely something that I think will really resonate with a lot of people. And I think something that that will really um, give us just another point of view, another perspective in a way that you can't do it through 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 a, a, a journal entry from a medical professional. Um, it's coming from the person that is experiencing it themselves. And it's that is the power of the visual arts. Um, yeah. Letitia, have you got any kind of, when it comes to your practice, to your photography work and your poetry, is there, uh, is there any sort of way that you're bringing it yourself at the moment or is there, is there a thing 
that you're working on? I don't know. For me, I, I really honestly have been using the past three years that like this long-term project that I've been working on was a documentary, a biographical one, and, and I shared it with, uh, with you in the collective. I call it the time-lapse. So I finalized it during lockdown. And for me, that has been a form of art therapy. Like I always call it like a handcrafted art therapy because mm -hmm. it has really been core for me to be working on this project because I'm now looking backwards again, like I can see, looking back the, the like a thread it's so part of a healing journey for me through heart and um, yeah it was both like the grief you know the elaboration of the grief that really process on the grief uh that comes with um again a disability because um like it, it, you are losing something that you knew before it was fully there you don't know yet what you're gaining. Now, now I know what I gained. <laughs> it's like, I honestly feel like I've been gaining a sort of superpower. <laughs> I don't know, like it's a matter of, um, it's a different way of seeing, it's a different, um, um, it's not just a different way of uh, seeing, but it's a different way of perceiving uh, reality. And uh, as a poet, I always had this very heightened sensitivity, but, like the difference between showcasing it with words or with images, above all when it comes to sharing it, it's it's so much more um, immediate, and and mm -hmm. that and the fact of being so immediate for me has been fundamental in whatever I choose to process. It's immediately there and and visible for everybody to see. A little bit like of, uh, you know, the, the fear of sharing that was really paralyzing me over the years is gone now. So, and, and that I owe to the acceptance of, of disability through art, which is like, I find fascinating. I look and think, I actually don't know how did that happen, um, but it really makes me happy. And, um, and now, for example, say if these three years have been really focused on uh, like coming to terms with something, and placing a dot and say, okay, well, this phase of my life is finished, you know, and now, and now I can, I can, I'm ready, kind of for the world, so to say, you know, for for my art to be more focused on, um, documenting and embracing others' experience too, I'll bringing them in uh, in my practice in in a less say just focus on my own experience type of way so the arts grant that i got um notified that that i won like only a couple of weeks ago it's an art and disability connect mentorship program financed by in conjunction uh with um with the arts council island and it will give me <clears throat> sorry the possibility to gain mentorship uh, where i've been uh, practicing photography for the past three years at the darkroom in dublin and um, to basically understand how to include super eight film because um i got to know my father was also a passionate photographer only just a couple of years ago when i was cruising down my parents place for my mom to be relocating here to dublin and I found all his equipment and the amongst all the equipment, I also found uh, like a Super 8 from the 70s uh, film camera. So the next project for me really is gonna be very much, I don't want to say too much, but like um, 
but it's going to be really focused on on showcasing the relationship between art disability and accessibility and those three things and um, and more like a social justice type of key and inclusion uh, to the mm. arts that's my background is international relations for uh, cooperation and development so i mean anything related to social justice and international cooperation or cooperation in general is really my my vocation so i decided to embrace uh, yeah, the, the core for art and uh, with my background too in the next project, yeah. That's amazing. And I think that's, that's it's great to hear both of you are really looking towards the future of, of creating and, and what you're going to continue into your practice. And that's, it's really exciting to see where that's going to go and the role that that's going to take. Uh, and I think what's just to kind of reiterate what you said about about using your art as a as a therapy mechanism I think it's something that you don't have to be a practicing professional artist to do that that I think a lot of people should embrace the power of what you can do if you pick up your camera and take a photograph or if you take up a pencil and, and do some sketching or just paint with a sponge it's it's just something that I think people should really take on board that it is a way of express expressing themselves it's a it's a powerful way of releasing negative energy and for for channeling um channeling different difficulties that we all face with especially in these times where we are all isolating and uh in in difficult situations um as a result of the pandemic uh but i think this is this has been really inspiring from both of you to hear about your own practice and to hear about your own um your own your own struggles but struggles that you have have been really uh, transformed into such positivity and I think that's just incredibly inspiring I think that a, a lot of people listening to this will, will, will agree to that uh, I think what we'll do is we'll leave it at that for today and I, I feel like there may even be a follow-up conversation after this because there's so many points that we we don't really have that much time to talk about today but I think we definitely will talk about in the future of our journal uh, and I would really, really like to say a sincere thank you to, to Luke, Luke Hickey, and to Leticia Lopriato. Uh, <laughs> so um, well pronounced. <laughs> thank you, Leticia, um, for joining uh, the, the podcast this evening. And uh, we are just really, uh, really thankful that, that you can share your stories and your practice and your experiences with us. And uh, I, I hope that you will all go and check out their profiles on our new collective website at www newacollective.ie where you will see all of their artworks and their profiles and information about them and their bios all on their site and we, we're looking forward to sharing their new work when when that that comes our way um, about what we've just discussed so that that's really exciting um, so tune in next time and we will look forward to uh, sharing more with you from our collective artists uh, thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you very soon mm -hmm.